Hello, 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 beautiful unicorns. Yana Kaspersak coming into you live from Ontario, your spiritual awakening core energy coach. And my soul's purpose is to help you get your shit together so you can break free from that mental prison that you find yourself in and live the life that you are proud of and love and are excited to wake up to every single day, even when there is heaviness in your heart, which seems to be the topic that has been coming through through conversations through my dreams through thoughts and realizations and my own personal journey as well so the topic today is let's talk about that dash that is in between the year you were born and the year that you die what does that dash mean? What does a dash represent? What is the purpose of that dash? A lot of us, we don't even pause to, to uncover what that means and what we want to do about it. Because what that dash actually means is that is your life. That dash represents your whole entire life how you lived it, how you didn't live it, what you experienced, what you didn't experience, the things that you wanted to experience, um, how you felt, how you didn't feel, all of these different things, including the choices that you made or the choices that you wish you made. So I will try to keep this video short and sweet. My family is all home <laughs> and for me, that dash, the biggest part of that dash is time with my family. So when they're home, I am home with them. And here's the here's the kicker. And all of you can, I feel like, can relate to this part. Is that no matter what kind of a job or career you have, you still find yourself feeling a, some negative way about how you should or could or must be doing certain things for work, for your job, for your career, when you're at home with your family. And then when you're at work, you're thinking about all the things that you should, you could, that you must be doing with your family, which is this um, limbo feeling. It, leaves us feeling like we're in limbo that we're not here and we're not here that we're not in the moment that we're not enjoying our life that we are just a meat suit of wishes that we wish we did we're doing this or we wish we're doing that or we wish we're doing that in a ways that we should be could be must have to or I will be doing this when I get home and I'll do this with my kids you know you set up all these plans that you want and then when the time comes and you come home you're tired you're exhausted physically mentally emotionally spiritually and you are not even in your body because you're too exhausted to be living the life that you actually want to be living so I, one of the most powerful exercises that I did, and this is what I, I'm not going to go into the great detail of how I do this with my clients, because that's for, uh, for, you know, the, <laughs> the full coaching program. Um, but living your life with the end in mind. And this is where I will, I guess, invite you to write a, a eulogy. Write, a, write two different eulogies. And feel free to share them in the comments. I would love to actually read them. Or feel free, if you feel more comfortable, send them to me in, um, in Messenger. Or just write them for yourself if you feel like this is how you would want to approach it. But... Eulogy number one is 
as you are right now. Think about how those around you, what they're going to write and say about you if this, if let's say tomorrow was your funeral. I know this is like dark and gloomy, right? For Hiana, oh my God. This is supposed to be celebration time and we're going into the new year. Why is it so dark and gloomy? And the reason why, like I said, this is something that quite a few people experience during the holiday season, meaning grief and sadness and, and hurt and loss because they're celebrating with those who are no longer here. And on top of that, if you wanna start your new year on the right foot, you gotta start getting your shit together. And in order for you to get your shit together is to face your shit, to understand who are you now and who you're being right now and how that affects people around you, including yourself and how people will talk about you how people might already talk about you behind your back now, but how people will talk about you at the end of your life. How did you live this dash? How would you express this dash in your life? So the first eulogy you're going to write is the one of how you are now. With having done the work that you have already done, how people will talk about you, how they'll express about you, and write one for yourself as well. Maybe you can do four eulogies if you have the time and the energy. And if you really, really want to, you'll find the time and the energy to do so. It's just a matter of, is this what you want? Do you want to see yourself as your current self? Do you actually want to see her? and face her or not because if you do you will do this work it's not as difficult as our mind makes it out to be it's actually extremely empowering and liberating it really is so right for you do that one let your family and friends talk about you at the end of your life as if let's say it was over today and it was the funeral how would your friends and family talk about you and describe you the second one is how you would do that how you would talk about yourself and describe yourself in your life the life that you have lived the dash now the third eulogy and the fourth eulogy i want you to write it in the way that you actually want people to talk about you and describe you like the best, the best possible way. How you actually dream of people talking about you on your funeral day and yourself. And then this is where you get to see how you're living your life now, how you're experiencing your life now, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and how you wish and dream of living and experiencing your life that dash and then what do you need to do and what do you want to do because there's a difference between what you need to do and what you want to do and then there's a bigger difference between what you choose to do because the things that you choose to do there's absolutely no resistance to those things you do them because there's there's love there you love doing those things so that's where the choice is and for some things based on your eulogy of the one that you actually want because we're not going to be focusing on on the other eulogies you're just going to be focusing on the one that you write about yourself not the one that people write about you but the one that you write about yourself how you have lived your life, how you've lived that dash, how you've experienced it, what did you do, what did you feel, what was your emotional state of being, understanding that there's always going to be ups and downs, and then writing down all the things that you 
choose to do that you want to do and like I said some of these things are going to be the things that you feel like you you have to do because here's the thing the things that you want the person that you want to be and become has a different set of skills has a different mindset has different has different traits personalities habits it's a different person it is not the you that you are right now it is a different version of you which means that in order for all of us to get to the version of us that we want we gotta do some uncomfortable shit we all gotta do some things that we don't want to do it's that plain and simple and when we feel that resistance to doing those things that is a great opportunity to dig in and understand what part of the old program that you're trying to reprogram that is not allowing you or is trying to prevent you it's going to be one of the four main blocks typically that is trying to prevent you or trying to keep you safe from getting to that next step in your life and then to the next one and to the next one and to the next one because when you start to understand it's just like this eulogy like i said earlier some of you might not really want to write the eulogy or feel uncomfortable writing your current eulogy because it doesn't feel right it doesn't seem right um i'm trying to find my live video on my page oh i'm like trying to find my live video on my page i'm like i can't find it because i'm in the group <laughs> oh that's why okay because i don't see the comments on here ah wrong group Just want to make sure that I have yeah because I see the the comments on here but I don't see them on uh, on my phone as usual let me make this small so it doesn't look like I'm looking out into space because that screen is really big so some of you um, good morning Rebecca um, Rebecca said I think the next version of me is anxiously waiting mm, yeah I bet you're also feeling really anxious about that next version of yourself as well. And that's how you know that that next version of you is anxiously waiting for this new version of you. And a perfect reminder right now is during this dash that we're living, you know, the day you're born, dash the day that you die, we experience many, 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 many micro and bigger deaths where we feel loss and of ourselves not just people in our life but of ourselves and when you're talking about this i think the next version of me is anxiously waiting anxiety is grief anxiety is unhealed grief actually so there have been previous versions of you that have that had to die in order for you to be who you are today and you have not taken the time to grieve and heal from that grief of losing your previous version of yourself. Every time we have a child, we go through that loss, but we are distracted with caring for that child because we are no longer able to be who we were. We simply don't even have the time to be who we were because now our time is shared with others. And that's for for a good thing but at the same time it causes us to lose parts of ourselves so this is one of just one reason why women and men as well but women especially experience quite a bit of anxiety and nobody talks about anxiety what anxiety actually is and for what it is and that is unhealed grief and we're because anxiety is us looking into the future and trying to see some kind of a future right that writing that eulogy some of you will feel very anxious writing that eulogy about your future self as you have lived your best life uh, i know some of you didn't get to see the beginning of this video so i recommend going to the beginning and re-watching it after we're done to help you in 
and seeing what homework I have I had given to understand it. Um, so when you're writing this eulogy, it is completely normal to experience anxiety because there's quite a few things in your life that you have not healed from and some of these things you will continue to heal from for the rest of your life that like I, I was saying anxiety is you trying to see the future and trying to vision the future that you dream and you want and then you know that you're more than capable of having but you feel anxious about it because you have been trained and conditioned to to view and put your future together based on your past this is all unconscious process how you're trying to see this future but it is rooted in your past that how can you see happiness and joy where your past has not allowed you to feel and experience that how can you experience freedom in the future when your past has not allowed you to do that where your mind or maybe even physical freedom has completely trapped you where you're not able to live in the way that you want to live so how can you see the future where you're stuck in the past because very very few of us are actually in the present we're we're not really here um there's have you guys watched Coraline it's a um, according to one of my kids it's a really creepy cartoon according to the other one it's really awesome so there was one part of Coraline where um the cat the black cat was able to travel like this from one world to the other world and Coraline needed to climb through this this tunnel which was a nice tunnel until later she realized that was a really creepy tunnel and she saw it for what it was and this cat was able to travel very easily and smoothly from one world to the other world and you know the reality and and dream and I'm and I'm sitting there watching it and I had this epiphany that what if each and every one of us when we zone out or not fully paying attention to what we are doing right now uh, when we are not consciously aware part of my family yelling and screaming they don't realize that you know these walls are not soundproof at least not yet if you hear them or maybe you don't hear them I definitely do so that when we are not consciously present and aware that we jump into that dream world but the dream world that we often jump into is like we we're not even in our body we are somewhere else and then we come back it's in a way like lucid dreaming or astral projection uh, in other words to use it to help um, all of us to start to understand how we might be I'm not a scientist I'm not an expert with how we are actually living in our bodies but we're not always in our body our soul is not locked in here our mind is not fully locked in here we are able to travel through meditation that's a, another perfect example where you're sitting here so I'll share a little bit of some of the meditations that I, I have experienced um, without going too much into explaining some of you have been part of the sacred circle so you're you've heard a little bit of me sharing and talking about the Alice in the Wonderland syndrome that I have had my whole entire life and there was a really big part of my life where I did not experience it at all so Alice in the Wonderland syndrome just to give you a little bit of a um, little bit of a background but look into it for yourself as well if you're curious is really just you feeling really really small and tiny in in the physical space whether your eyes are open or not or feeling really really big in your space whether your eyes are open or not and I have been practicing in being in control of it so meaning that whenever I am meditating and not every time just once in a while when I feel like I want to be practicing this skill of feeling big or feeling small where 
I'm not fully 100% sure why, but I don't necessarily need to know why for me right now. Um, it's like um, when I decided that I wanted to do start doing live videos, what's seven, six years ago, that I didn't know why and I didn't really care to find out why, I just started doing them. So the same thing here, I'll figure out why when, when I'm meant to. But through meditation, I um, I find myself being able to feel myself really, really big with my eyes closed as I'm meditating in the space that I am currently in. And also, um, there was the last time when Bethany was guiding us for meditation, I completely forgot they were supposed to be in the forest, but I became really big in, in my chair, in my space, in this room where I could like literally feel all the things around me as if I was touching them. You know how Alice in the window and she gets really big in the house and like her head pops out. Well, my head my head doesn't pop out, but I feel like I'm filling up the whole entire space. And then when Bethany reminded um, in the meditation that you know we're in the forest, all of a sudden you know stand up in your forest. And I stood up in the forest, and the forest was just up to my my armpits. And I remembered that when I was little. I'm only five one, so I'm still little. <laughs> uh, but when I was little, when I was young, I would run through the fields of grass, and it would be that tall to me. And and then for me, it was just seeing the world from a different perspective and recognizing, realizing, um, like just the feeling inside of me that this is all of this anything that I want is mine and it's literally at my fingertips I just need to do some work and want it and know exactly what I want so I'm sharing this to I guess elaborate a little bit more on how we're here but yeah we're not here we're able to travel and see the whole world and experience this world without ever leaving our house our space and too often we allow I call it petty shit too often we allow the petty things to numb us from the world and the way that we feel numb is feeling bad experiencing catabolic energy and the catabolic energy is like a cannibal it eats at us it destroys us from inside out it's stress it's worry it's fear it's anxiety it's us trying to see the world and create the world that we want to be living in it's like writing that eulogy but not being able to because there is no proof or evidence from the past that has allowed us to even come remotely close to those things that we want most in our life. Um, let me take a peekaboo at the comments because I see them coming through in the corner of my eye. Um, so we finished with Rebecca saying, I think the next version of me is anxiously waiting. My imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome is the one that each and every one of us has and carries and it causes us to stay small and play small and not step outside of our comfort zone and what's most uncomfortable is other people's comfort zones. You have people in your life that they have expressed to you what they're comfortable with when it comes to you and how you express yourself and how you carry yourself and who you are and there's certain parts of you that they're not entirely comfortable with and they let you know of these things now if you're really serious about living the life that you want to live taking the time to uncover what those things are and then facing them and doing them because this is who you truly are and this is who you want to be not just to be petty not just to be mean or cruel not just to be narcissistic but if this is the thing that you really want this is really you so I'll give you an example um, 
the word witch and anything kind of witchy or you know will be called voodoo witchy hippie those kind of things were not entirely accepted in my household here um so i and for me that felt right and i didn't take the time to understand why because i knew that it felt right i didn't need to go in deep and start digging in there and figuring out and in a way um wasting my time because that's another rabbit hole we're not meant to be jumping into each and every rabbit hole that some things we're just meant to learn as we go on this journey and allow it to unfold onto itself so i questioned what i needed to as i was going going and growing through my life and little by little started expressing myself and um, speaking up and standing up for myself and now it is actually quite welcome and you know not just in my family here where you know i get asked can you make me um your witchy coffee or can you you know do your little spell on you know on this or on that <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas before I would have never imagined that was possible but if I didn't stand up for myself if I allowed that part of me that is the good girl to feel shame and embarrassment and put that aside I wouldn't be here sitting in front of you ladies talking about any of this or or ever I wouldn't even be doing live videos so that imposter syndrome listening to that voice hearing what that voice is saying and deciphering it and deciding what you're going to do about it because sometimes you gotta do something and sometimes it's just no you're actually right because that imposter syndrome that imposter voice gremlins voice is was created when you were very little to keep you safe and protect you from the world around you and some of those things still work while others they don't but it's up to you to figure out what works and what doesn't because it's different for everyone and rebecca says i've been struggling to have uh patience with my baby and having to put motherhood before my goals yeah that one is a huge one i feel like for for every mother where we put our kids first all the time i mean when they're born we have no choice but at the same time we do have a choice if you have a partner a partner is there to be part of your journey you partner up and you support the duties so that way not one person goes insane or lose their sanity but when it's shared and split both people get to keep their sanity and get to be part of this journey because that is one thing a lot of men might actually not share this that they feel like they're not as involved in their kids and baby's life as much as they wished and wanted to be and then later on in life they wish they would that they wish that they were more involved and they did all of these things they too have regrets for not being part of raising a child as much as they wanted to so sometimes we in a way have to what feels like force forcing them to be part of our kids life but it's not forcing it's reminding them that we chose to have this child or these children together now let's share these duties and sitting down and writing down what's fair what are you going to be doing what is he going to be doing and sharing it as equally and as fairly as you can and expressing yourself and talking and communicating so that way nobody feels trapped in motherhood nobody feels trapped by not allowing themselves to be themselves to 
be and do the things that they want to be doing. We're all meant to be having fun in life and exploring our curiosities and allowing uh, curiosities and hobbies and allowing ourselves to to uncover what our passions are. For some women, their passion is their kids. And that's what I realized one day. I remember I was walking up the stairs in our previous house and I was maybe like on the fifth step or something. And maybe this number changes every time I talk about this. It doesn't matter what number of the step I was uh, on. But I was walking up the steps and I just remember just collapsing on the step and sitting down and bawling my eyes out because I realized that all I was was a mother and I did not want to be just a mother I wanted to be something more something different and when I realized that I realized that I was just being a, a good girl because that was the program that you do this and this and this and you literally maybe this is why it was on the stairs that it happened then in life we're we're told to take this step and this step and this step and this step and climbing this ladder to this ladder leads to nowhere and I wanted that ladder to lead to somewhere and only I could decide and choose where that ladder was going to lead me to include that in your eulogy where is your ladder leading you to that life that you're living that dash how are you living it you're not living it for others even though you believe you are you are not you're living your life for you and if you're not happy with your life it's you who is not happy with your life nobody else even knows or remotely is aware of you not being happy with your life because they only see the outside and everybody else is unhappy with their life because it's a big freaking parade of look at me I'm happy look at me my life is better than everybody else's and it's not so perhaps stop prancing around and pretending like you got it all and everything is perfect and everything is dandy and own your failures because when you own your failures and you own your shortcomings only then can you do something about them it's another way of looking at it is in, in order for a drug addict or an alcoholic to like when they go through AA or the meetings that they go through and they um, they heal that part of them in order for them to get there they need to own those things and then taking ownership and saying yes this is where I failed yes this is where I fucked up can they do something about it can they go and mend those things or those relationships in our life we are all addicted to feeling like shit and this is and if you don't believe that I want you to look through your life and think um, and focus on different parts of your life but the one part you can look into is when you are when it when you're living your life and you are replaying your old habits your old patterns and you're reliving them how difficult it is for you to choose something better that is going to feel great and amazing but yet you st still find yourself in your old ways and your old patterns and staying there until you have had enough again and again and again because you forget we all forget oops uh, we all forget how we're trying to become this best version of ourselves and we do something and it feels great and it feels amazing but then slowly we slip back into our old ways because it is the programming and biggest part of the programming because you know what you expect that's the program itself you know what you expect you know what's gonna come even you feeling like shit it is already very familiar you know exactly how you're going to feel you know what you're going to do you know what you're going to experience you know what thoughts you're gonna think it's very familiar and that is the comfort itself that's why we go back to our old ways but when we choose different and we choose change and we keep going and working on that part we will come back to our old self 
it is part of um, stretching the uh, becoming the elastic woman so that way you eventually will change that program because the reason why I go back is because there's more work you got to do so that way you can become that change that you're trying to be that you're trying to become and it feels amazing it feels great but it comes with a lot of fear and anxiety because your past does not understand what you it can't tell you what you're going to experience because you have not experienced that in your past and that's why anxiety starts to come back your fear um you punishing yourself little by little starts to come back and creep up so now i mentioned petty shit um we all get upset over petty things things that really really do not matter things that we don't even remember on our deathbed things that we like I can't think of any other way of calling it but we that it's petty that we don't even remember it and we can only become of choice when we are conscious and we are aware of what is in front of us what are we dealing with right now someone somebody makes a comment to you usually if it's a stranger it doesn't really go in doesn't really affect you but if someone that you love and care about if they make a certain comment and it makes you feel bad checking with yourself what part of you is being petty right now what part of you is being petty in the way of you getting stuck on this thing that does not really, really matter, that you're not even going to remember? And what can you do about it? And what sometimes what you can do about it, or most of the time what you can do about it, is have a dialogue. And not a heated one, but a loving one. Having a loving dialogue with that individual, or perhaps with yourself. But I also am a true, true believer that it's important to have conversations with our loved ones, to let them know more of who we are and not who they think we are. Because they will tell us who they think we are through their words and their actions. And that's why it's important for us to speak up and stand up for ourselves and find our voice one time in your life you had a voice and you spoke up for yourself or maybe you actually never did this might be the first time ever that you will speak up for yourself and of course it's gonna be uncomfortable of course it's gonna be scary of course you're gonna feel anxious because based on your past experiences what do you have to say for yourself it's going to feel awkward uncomfortable unfamiliar but you gotta keep doing it you gotta keep going i love to use the merry-go-round analogy and when it comes to and that's why i wanted you to do the eulogy for yourself so that way starting the new year you look at that eulogy that you want the fourth eulogy that you've written about yourself for yourself and then living your life in that way what did you need to do what do you want to do? What do you choose to do? What do you have to do in order for you to live that life? And remind yourself every single day. Don't wait until the new year to live the life that you want or start living that life. That remind yourself that there is going to be things that you have to do. And sometimes the things that you have to do are the very things that one day you will choose to do. One of them is going to be speaking up for yourself. Too many of us have been raised to be such good girls to not say anything to make anybody else feel bad in any way shape or form but all of that is just an assumption that because you're going to say something the other person is going to feel bad you're assuming that they're going to feel bad they might not feel bad at all they might feel amazing they might feel loved that you actually opened up to them and you let them into your world, into your heart, into your mind. 
and they will want to do the same for you um let me see there was a couple of more comments um, and then Rebecca says, yep, perhaps that's why I feel trapped. Um, I just started doing live videos and don't know why, but I started. There you go. We don't necessarily entirely need to know why we're doing the things that we're doing. For some things, yes, but for other things, I can speak for myself when it comes to live videos. And I'd love to hear from you, Rebecca. Again, part of my family and, you know not having soundproof uh, ceilings in this case because there's vacuuming and cleaning going on which is a good thing but uh, at the same time it's a little noisy so when I started doing live videos I knew that that was going to be like just to kind of close the really big gap but that was going to be part of my eulogy that People were going to say that she was who she said she was and it showed through all of her videos, all of the ways that she showed up for the world, um, that it was just something that was going to change my life and the life of many people. That's why I started doing live videos. It was like a calling that I answered, which wasn't a conference call, it was just a calling for me. And I answered it, and I didn't entirely hear what was being said. It's so frustrating with, with these noises above. But it's uh, part, of, part of life, right? And then also I can let them know, wait until I'm done and you, the vacuuming in that area can, can wait. Um, okay. Um, Kelly said, good morning. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Uh, Laura, so glad you are here. I'm so glad you're here too, Laura. Thank you for hopping on. And Lynn, Laura said, I have struggled with imposter syndrome for many decades. Yeah. And that's something that doing the work that I do and peeking into the future of other people who have been doing this kind of work um, and by this kind of work I mean that's a block imposter syndrome which is a gremlin voice it is the most powerful and the most deeply rooted and the most personalized block there ever is or will be and the messages that it has for you for each and every one of us are extremely personal and very many of those messages we are terrified and petrified in sharing with the world because that voice tells us and reminds us based on human existence that we will be persecuted that we will be left alone that we will be burnt at the stake that we will lose everything and, and everyone that nobody will love us that people will judge us but the opposite is the truth that when we lean in to this voice when we allow it to speak but not allow it to bring us down. When we hear it and we understand it and we rewrite it, we allow ourselves to be our true self. And we, we're gonna be judged regardless, whether you're being fake or whether you're being authentic, whether you're trying to be someone for someone, a good girl trying to be a good mother for this child, for this child, for this child, and changing yourself and changing your ways for every child, or for your friends, or for your family, you're trying to be someone for everyone, but you're forgetting that in this process, you lose your identity, you lose yourself, because you're trying to be someone else, and you're not trying to be yourself, you're not being yourself, and you're going to be judged regardless, but the reason why each and every one of us is feel is feeling triggered when we are being judged is because we're not actually being ourselves 
And that is why we feel triggered. That is why we feel hurt and upset and unseen and unheard. Because part of us hopes that you know who I am and you know that this right here is not me, but you're calling me out on who is not me and you're punishing me for who I'm not. And yet you don't see who I actually am. And when you are being yourself and you are you and people judge you for that, because there's still going to be people who, who won't like who you are. It's, it, it's the fun of the game. It really is. And when they judge you for who you actually are, you won't get hurt. You won't get offended because you're being honest and authentic and there is nothing you would do differently but if you were pretending to be someone else and it wasn't reciprocated then it is extremely normal to get hurt and offended because you were trying but didn't they didn't acknowledge you trying to be someone for them someone who you thought and believed they needed and wanted when in reality they want the true and authentic you and not the you that you're trying to be um and then rebecca said that's not the way the latino culture is usually when they are babies it's mostly the mothers that do it all i feel like there's quite a few cultures that are that way but uh, for the sake of time i'm not gonna go into that part i feel like that's the word control and freedom come to mind that one this is all you you do it all but i can do what i want to do and i can have fun and i can explore but here here's what i'll say about cultures there is i'll use canada as an example right there's canada as canada is the culture and then you break down by the provinces each province has its own culture and then within the province, there is going to be different communities that they have, you know, different towns, different cities, they have their own culture. And then you have the streets that have their own culture, the smaller towns, the streets that have their own culture. And then you have your household that has your own kind of culture. You get to decide and choose what kind of culture you want. You can live to the Canadian culture, the province culture, the town or the city culture or the street culture or create your own damn culture in your own household where everyone is responsible for something and it not everything falls on the mother's shoulders because what about her what time does she get for herself she probably doesn't even get to bathe and wash herself that's something i i learned after the collapsing on the stairs that the whole entire world was on me and it was also coming from me where my husband would offer to help and the good girl was no 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 it's okay i got it even though i'm so exhausted and physically mentally and emotionally broken down that i cannot take on another thing but i would still say yes honey i'll do it because i was a good girl i was a superhero and and I learned that this dash is so important and this is now not how I wanted to live my dash. I did not want to be a phony anymore. I didn't want to be seen as this superhuman who was shattered and broken on the inside. Because I was very, very close to choosing something that would not be reversible where i would no longer be here and that's why i'm glad that you know we all reach a rock bottom sometimes it's more than once and it's so important to come through it and learn from those rock bottoms and apply what we learn and apply and apply and apply and if this is not working or is no longer working, then try something different. Do something different. 
um, and then Rebecca said I'm trying to figure out how to do it with the baby because I'm tired of waiting for help my question is why are you waiting for help why not delegate why not tell them this is what I want you to do or need you to do please do it sometimes you don't even have to explain why and the more you explain why the more information you give to the other person to talk you out of it and turn that and use that against you tell them what you need them to do and they will do it trust that they that there is something in there for them as well and that you could potentially be taking knowledge and experience away from them as well so instead of waiting for help ask for help or delegate i waited for help for many years and then when the help was offered i couldn't even accept it i didn't know how how many of you know how to accept compliments i didn't I didn't the compliments made me so uncomfortable I would be like no 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 thank you right this gesture right here I'm shooing them away no thank you no thank you guess what not gonna get any more compliments but when somebody gives you a compliment instead of shooing it away or no it's okay you know shielding yourself from it take it into your heart say thank you thank you I appreciate that somebody offers you help say thank you for seeing me for seeing that I could use some help and accept that help and don't feel guilty for accepting that help I want to say don't feel I know you're you can't just not feel when you feel remind yourself that you deserve that help that it is your time to learn how to accept help because if you don't learn how to accept help now how are you going to learn later it's practice if you're waiting for help, then perhaps you're also being offered help, but you just don't know how to accept it yet. And maybe not even seeing the help that is being offered. That is very possible. I recognize that on my journey quite a few times. And I still catch myself uh, saying, no, 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 it's okay. I'll do it myself. And then when I catch myself, it's like, oh, no, actually, yeah, I'll take the help. And it feels good and it feels empowering to get the very thing that I've been asking or waiting for. And Rebecca said I collapsed on the kitchen floor when I realized that I was unhappy not following my heart song. Yeah. So what does your heart song say about you not accepting help when you ask for it of the universe and it comes and then you don't accept it? What does your heart song say with that? Oh, Jasmine wasn't here. Hey, Jasmine. Uh, good afternoon, gorgeous, she says. Good afternoon, gorgeous. Um, and then Rebecca said, hitting rock bottom is where the most transformation can occur. Hitting, I'm going to change the can to does and will occur. Hitting rock bottom is where the transformation will occur. It always does because when we hit rock bottom we literally sit and we are forced to see all of the shit around us and when we see all of the shit around us we become aware of all of the shit around us and when we become aware of all of the shit around us we are all of a sudden start to uncover the different options and choices that we have in front of us in dealing with all of the shit in front of us or around us and then recognize that some is not ours send it back to whoever it belongs to and some are and you choose which one you want to be dealing with right now and how you want to be dealing with it right now for me it was the live videos that's what got me out of that i kept going and doing live videos and showing up um even and especially when it was hard when i really did not want to when either i was going through something difficult or 
my gremlin was spinning me out of control and telling me who I was not and I did not want to show up as a phony to everyone. So, and then Jasmine said, uh, can't still to this day accept the compliments. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that could be questioned about this and, uh, and digging in deep to understand why. But that, I, I feel like that would be a question. Why? Do you think that is? Or better yet, where did you get that idea of not accepting compliments? Where did you learn that? Because in understanding and uncovering and seeing in front of us, only then can we do something about it. And that's why most people will not change, will not do anything different. Because it is uncomfortable seeing that part of themselves who is not their true self, who is just a program. But if you allow yourself to start looking at yourself as these different parts, there's you, and then there's that program, and then there's the higher coach. So see yourself for who you are, and then just take the time to understand the program. Everything you've been through, everything you experience, it is part of the program. And if you don't like it, change it. You're not stuck there. You're only stuck there if you allow yourself to get stuck there. And then Jasmine said, I have a hard time asking for help because I'm used to being told no or being pushed to the side. Rejection hurts. Being told no when you ask for help is you being rejected. Have you tried asking in a different way or maybe not asking and telling? Instead of asking, can you help me with this? Saying, I would like you to do this for me. Or you're, let's say an example, cooking dinner. It is expected of the mother to be doing all of the cooking and all the cleaning. The kitchen is where the woman belongs. It's like, oh, triggering to me. Um, well, I mean, it was triggering, not anymore. But the kitchen is not where the woman belongs. The kitchen is where all the love happens. And why not spend the time as a family in this kitchen and enjoying cooking dinner together or cooking a meal together and teaching everyone how to do that? Because God forbid something happens to you. How will everybody else fend for themselves if you took away their knowledge of cooking or their knowledge of cleaning, the opportunities for them to learn how to cook, how to clean, how to fend for themselves and take care of their future family, which they're going to have. It's not just the mother's job. It's the father's job as well. And it's the kids' jobs to be part of the family unit and to do things together as a family unit. To learn alongside each other. From each other. Help and support. Show them how it's done. Because what they're learning right now is going to be their program and their conditioning. And this is how their household is going to be. If you, as a mother, you're the only one in the kitchen cooking and cleaning and your partner is not helping, your daughters and your sons will learn that. Your daughter will learn that this is where the, she belongs and this is what she has to do. And your son will learn he doesn't belong there. He's not going to be helping out. He's not going to be doing any of that. How happy will his wife be? How happy will your daughter's husband be? Teach them how to, how you want them to be, how you want them to be living their life in a way. And of course, don't limit it to that. They'll still expand on it by showing them how it's done. We are here as an example and a guide for our kids. And they're here as an example and a guide for us. They're here to remind us how to be 
more playful and have more fun and live life and not feel like life is living us to enjoy our life to continue exploring everything with a childlike curiosity to apply that childlike curiosity to those parts of yourself that you don't want anyone to know or see that you yourself are scared of and seeing and understanding but in understanding those parts of yourself can you only do something about them and that becomes your dash how did you live your life do you want to be on your deathbed or people saying eulogy that she did not know how to accept compliments she did not know how to ask for help. She allowed her imposter syndrome to take over her entire life and rule her life. Is this the things that you want to hear at the end of your life said about you? Absolutely not. You want to hear things like, she got her shit together. She learned how to not give a fuck about what anybody else thinks because she finally recognized that none of these motherfuckers are living her life. That she's the only one who's living her life. And she got sick and tired of being told what to do and how to do it. She got sick and tired of asking for help. So she learned how to tell people what to do in the most powerful and loving way. She learned how to accept compliments that left people in awe of how amazing she took those compliments in. That's what we want to hear at the end of our life. So how do we go from point A to point Z? Only you know that. And if you want a little bit of help and guidance, um, my door, my doors will be opening for um, group coaching that I'm putting together in the new year. It's gonna start in February. And I am honestly making it as affordable as I can for everyone. It will be a no-brainer price for the amount of, um, how do I put it? For the amount of growth and transformation that each and every woman will receive during this group coaching program. So... Yeah, it's going to be called Heal the Good Girl Quest. And I am planning on starting it February 14th as we're putting the puzzle pieces together, how we're going to do it. The four main blocks that I have mentioned that I've talked about that some of you have attended the workshop, have experienced. I'm going to be going in depth. There's going to be group calls. Some of you will get the opportunity to have one-on-one -on -one calls as well. That's going to be for, I'm already probably sharing more than they you know, should be, according to. <laughs> then let's not talk about all of these things until later, Yana. But listen, I, don't, I do things how I want to do them. Uh, some of you will get a chance to, um, those first couple of people, will get a chance to have one-on-one -on -one coaching with me weekly as well. And it's actually only going to be for six weeks. It's going to be a six-week program. There's going to be other things that I'll be sharing with you as well, but it'll, it'll get uncovered as we, as we go. But other than that, that's all I wanted to share with you all. Thank you very much for being on here with me. Thank you, Rebecca, Laura, Jasmine. Uh, Kelly, who else was on here? I know there's some some names that popped up that were on here. Coraline was on here because I can see on here who hopped on. Angie, Amanda hopped on on here as well. And there's other names that doesn't show, but the number shows. So thank you for being on here with me and sharing a little bit of yourself through the comments and letting me into your world and hopefully this video was helpful i really really do hope that this video was helpful and if you didn't see the beginning i recommend watching the beginning so the end the end of this video makes more sense and start putting the puzzle pieces together for you 
and keep your eyes and ears open for when you are able to sign up for this program because like i said it's going to be just the first couple of people that will have the one-on-one -on -one coaching with me through the whole entire six weeks so that'll be six one-on-one -on -one coaching lessons with me and just to give you a little bit of the uh the price point without giving it away it is so affordable that it costs just a little bit more than one uh one 45 minute coaching session with me and that's what you get for the whole entire six weeks and if you have learned anything about me by now is that i always give more than i say i'm gonna give hence these these videos hence this you know initially i said i was gonna be doing a short and sweet video and here we are an hour later giving you an hour out of my day today away from my family because this is this is my passion this is what i love doing and you can only imagine what you would get from six weeks of coaching with me other than that until we see each other again next thursday for another get your shit together with me yana kasperzak or i'll see you on monday for hashtag card reading which i will be doing live um there's not nothing beats live videos yeah live interaction is awesome and uh larissa thank you for time and love and help oh my absolute pleasure like i said this is my soul's purpose and nothing makes me happier aside from my kids being happy uh, and my husband being happy as well uh, but i'm not responsible for anybody else's happiness but my own and that's a reminder for each and every one of you you are not responsible for anybody else's happiness you cannot put your hand inside of them and twist things around and make them happy that's something they gotta do all on their own to figure out what happiness even means to them and then rebecca says i'll sign up yana send me the info oh once i have that i'll, I'll definitely let you know and that uh, rebecca loved the workshop thank you um i'm glad you loved it and uh she said love you laura so she loves you other than that until we see each other next time thank you for being on here bye everybody have an amazing the rest of your year because we'll see each other in the new year <laughs> literally on the first because that's going to be monday the first so i'll see you all in the new year bye everybody